Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 17. Um, just as you're turning to that, I will let you know uh, Tracy's okay with me preaching. That's not why she has left. Um, <laughs> Tracy is actually participating in five services this morning. So, um, and she's also visiting Kids Church. So I've got no idea how she's going to do that, but um, praise God that she can. And uh, that's why Tracy left the building. She's down um, and she'll be visiting the Children's Church, Cantonese, Mandarin, and then she'll be back for the 10.30 and then she'll be back tonight for the 5.30 as well. So pray for her. I think um, that's a reasonable first day and uh, I think she should continue that into the future. It'll allow Daryl and I to have some time off. So we're reading Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 17, and we will be reading from the 2.11 NIV. So Colossians 3, 12 to 17. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. And may God bless this reading of his word. Just another little announcement as well. Pastor Darrell is actually over at uh, Hertford Street this morning, uh, just helping them out this morning. Uh, we have a number of our teams going there from time to time as well who'll be helping out. So continue to pray for Hertford Street and certainly pray for Pastor Darrell as he brings the message there this morning. I don't know how he's going to do that. He's been given the task of three chapters of Ecclesiastes. Praise God, it's him and not me. Uh, too big a challenge. <clears throat> so guys, uh, obviously I'm a bit croaky this morning. I apologise. I'm going to have to pause and drink water and things like that. Um, but the vast majority of you will be well aware that uh, we've commenced a new series and we're looking at those one another's that are mentioned in scripture. And uh, the phrase one another uh, is mentioned um, several times throughout scripture. It's a hundred times in the New Testament, uh, the term one another. Uh, Fifty-nine of those in the New Testament are specific commands about um, how we should treat and relate to each other. And uh, in the original Greek, the term one another was one word. And um, it, it meant, it, it's translated as one another or, um, 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 can't think, each other. That's correct. Yeah, thank you. So it's one another or each other that's translated uh, in the New Testament. And uh, it's important to keep that in mind as we move through this. And one third of these commands are actually how the church and believers should relate to each other in the context of a gathered people, a people set aside for God, and, and how we should be striving towards unity. It's a huge emphasis in Scripture, and each of us have a role to play in that, and we'll be expanding on what that looks like and what it means for us as a people of God as uh, we work through this this morning and look at how we can build one another up. I can get that slide to you if you missed the photo, sorry. So let's pray. <clears throat> 
Father God, I thank you for your presence with us here this morning. I thank you for your love that you pour out upon us so freely. I thank you, Lord, that you haven't left us on our own, but you give us commands. You give us decrees. You give us direction on how we should be living. And Lord, you've called us to be a united people, a people who love each other so much that those outside of this building, those outside of your gathered people will look upon us and just be blown away by the love that we have. I thank you, Lord, that SDBC is beginning to show that great love. I thank you for the unity that you are bringing amongst your people. I pray you will continue to allow that happen and that, Lord, we will just focus on drawing closer to you and drawing closer to each other. Lord, my prayer this morning is that you'll use this word to touch someone's life this morning, to transform them and change them and draw them closer to you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we move through this series this morning and continuing on as well, it's beneficial to keep in mind one of the reasons that God calls us as a people. And it's in Ephesians 4. And Jesus loved the church. He loved the ecclesia. He's gathered people. And he gave himself up for those gathered people. His desire is that we function together as one body. And we are called the bride of Christ, his church. And he's going to be building us up so that he can present us in splendor, without spot or wrinkle, holy, a holy gathered people without blemish. And if that is what Christ desires, if that's what he wants, then we need to function in the manner that he designed and ordained and commanded. We need to obey him. And we need to faithfully serve one another. And in that service comes this attitude of not desiring glory or recognition now. It's about renewing our minds and going, well, that's the way of the world where we put people up on pedestals, but that is not God's way. We shouldn't think more highly of ourselves, but we should become more and more Christ-like. We should humbly submit ourselves to him first and foremost so that he can use us in service for his glory and purposes. And in that, in our humble submission to him, also comes humble submission to each other, willing to serve each other, self-sacrificing, putting the other first. That's the major difference between us and God. Our theme today is not clearly spelt out in the Colossians passage that Pastor Darrell so graciously set for me. But that's an awesome passage because... The Colossians passage gives us the way we should be living in order to live out building up each other. And so I want to challenge you to go home and just read through that Colossians passage again and just ask God to help you to apply that to your life. Ask God to show you how you can become more Christ-like by doing those things. But this theme of 
you know, building up one another is all throughout Scripture. In 1 Thessalonians 5.11, it says, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. And as I've prayed, I believe this is particularly relevant for us here at SDBC. I remember what the place was like when I first arrived. And I'm just so thankful and grateful to God that we are becoming more and more united. I'm so thankful for the dinners and meals that we recently shared. Who was a part of that? Yeah, Great. And getting to know people on a more basic level when, when, when perhaps their facade drops a little bit and we, we get to see people how they really are. And I don't know about you, but there were these things that were shared that I was like, wow, I can pray about that. I, I, can, I can speak into that. And it was just so encouraging. But we see greater connection in our connect groups. We've got more and more people joining connect groups. We've got more and more people joining us online who've had nothing to do with the church. And it is such an incredible blessing to hear that. We've had three or four people now join connect groups who've never attended this church in this building, but they've attended online. We're seeing greater unity. We're seeing people drawn to God and we're making these connections. And it's just like this says, encourage one another. Build one another up. It's not new. Just keep doing what you're doing and do it more and more and more just as you have been. And again, I want to encourage you to spend time in that Colossians passage and learn more about that. Because it's when we're doing what Colossians says that it becomes natural to build each other up. And this morning I want to talk about four simple ways that we as a people of God can do this. These aren't exhaustive by any way, shape or form, but they're pretty simple and I think that we can do it. This is four amongst the hundreds of things that we can do, which are no doubt biblically sound as well. But I want to focus on these four simple things. Uh, things that if we're willing to do, we will not only build each other up as a people of God, but we will grow to love each other and we'll see greater unity, greater peace amongst us here at SDBC. And the first thing I think we should do is skip Colossians and uh, go to express thanks. So we should be able to express thanks to each other. We seem to live in a world where it's so easy to find fault, where people want to tear others down. But when we speak words that criticise, hurt and ridicule, there is zero benefit for the kingdom. Hear that again. When we speak words that criticise, hurt and ridicule, there is zero benefit for the kingdom. That is not of God. And if it's not of God, it's of the devil. And if you're participating in it, you are sinning. Do not do it. The only person who may get some satisfaction is the one throwing the rocks. And that person's not honouring God. We are called to renew our minds. And part of that renewing our minds is to do those things which are counter to the world. So we don't tear down, we build up. That is what we are commanded to do. And we should be able to encourage and thank people around us. Um, I want to go to Philemon and uh, I, I want you to hear how Paul begins to address Philemon in this, reading from verse 4. I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers because I hear of your love and of the faith that you have toward the Lord Jesus and for all the saints. And I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. For I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. Can you imagine 
if it was your name at the start of this. Charlie, I thank God always when I remember you. Would that be encouraging to you? Would that be uplifting? I've actually had someone done something similar. I've got an old Bible with lots of encouraging notes in it that people have sent me. And it's just so empowering to receive a note like that. And Paul consistently does this in the letters that he writes. In Romans 1.8, he says, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. Uh, he does it again in 1 Corinthians 1.4 where he says, I give thanks God to God for you always. Uh, and Colossians 1.3, he says, We always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you. 1 Thessalonians 1.2, We give thanks to God always for you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers. And obviously this is a habit that Paul and many others have developed. And if you look carefully uh, in Philemon to how he does this, he, he has obviously thought about the person individually. And it, so this isn't just something that he says. He's thankful for the way that they're functioned in the body and what they're doing. But he's more than just being thankful. Paul expresses his thankfulness first and foremost to God. I thank my God always for you. And so he thanks God for this person who has been brought into his life, who's had a huge difference in his life. He appreciates being surrounded or knowing other godly men and women. And so he turns to God and he says, God, I just thank you so much for bringing them into my life. I thank you for the way that they've encouraged me and strengthened me in the faith. I thank you that their very life is an encouragement to me. He's thankful to God first and foremost. But then he tells Philemon, your encouragement to me, mate, and I pray for you. I thank God that he brought you into my life. And his desire is that Philemon would be fully aware, first and foremost, that Paul's praying for him. But secondly, that Paul's prayers are prayers of thanks and appreciation because he values Philemon's faithful life. He is encouraged and strengthened by Philemon. And so much so that as he prays, he asks that Philemon's life will continue to be one of faith and sharing the message of the gospel and that that message will be effective for the sake of Jesus Christ. Paul wants to see other people affected by Philemon. He wants to see other people elevated, encouraged, built up. And I want, to, I want you to just pause and think about that for a little bit. How, how thankful are you for those that God has placed around you. Um, I'm incredibly thankful for my wife, I suppose, especially today. But are you thankful, thankful for your spouse, for your husband, for your wife? I wouldn't be a pastor if not for my wife. I would never have thought I had the ability to study if not for my wife. She has been an incredible strength to me. She's built me up so much. And I'm just incredibly thankful. And I constantly thank God that he's done that for me. And I don't think I tell her enough about how much that means and how my life has been changed as a result. Are you, thank you thankful for your kids? I know there's times it possibly goes the other way where you're sort of thinking of throttling them. But are we thankful for our kids? I'm one of those guys who was told he couldn't have kids. I've been blessed with two with Elena. That's, it's an incredible thing. 
And I'm so thank you, thankful for my children and so thankful that God has blessed me with them. And I, I thank him constantly. But again, do I tell my kids enough that I really do appreciate them? I really do love them. I had opportunity to do that last night and uh, it was such a blessing for me. There are many others. Think about your Christian walk. Who have been the people of influence in that Christian walk? Have you thanked God for them? And have you told them? Your connect group? Maybe the leadership team at a particular church, maybe here? Uh, I'm thankful for my connect group. I'm thankful for the leadership team here. I'm really thankful for Pastor Darrell. What, what an incredible man and, and how he's endured. I'm thankful to my sister who first uh, led me to Christ, uh, helped me to make that decision. And I'm thankful for you guys. I'm thankful for how you're pressing into God for the major part, how you're pursuing him, how you're growing in faith, how you speak about the faithfulness of the gospel in this place and how we see him more and more participate. I'm really thankful for my mentor, um, He's a great mentor. I had a number of mentors who used to pat me on the back and tell me what a great bloke I was and what a great job I was doing. I left those guys because the guy I've got now kicks me up the butt when I do something wrong. That's what I need. And I've been mentored by Graham for four years now and I'm incredibly blessed by that relationship. And there's many other Christians who've played a significant role and part in my journey. Do we thank God for them? And do we thank them for allowing God to use them? God has been incredibly good to me. And I'm sure there's people sitting here who can say the same things. And it's okay sitting here. It's quite, it's quite easy to sit here and think about those things and acknowledge that we're thankful and to do those things. But does that flow naturally to prayers of thanks to God? Is that our next step that when we're just so thankful, we go, God, this is you. You've played a role here. You've played a part. This has been your work and your purposes. You've made it happen. Do we truly thank God for what he has done, for all the amazing people that he's brought into our lives? And guys, do we tell others about those people? It's the only gossip we should have. Gossiping good news about people who've had a great influence upon our life. Gossiping good news about people who are doing great things. And there's a number of people in our church at the moment, people who would consider themselves insignificant that are doing great things. And I just love talking to others about them at the moment. Uh, is Riley here this morning? Good, I can talk about him. Riley's an amazing young man. Um, he is responsible for a connect group on Friday night. Pastor Darrell leads it. Riley's the one who's brought the young people. There's about 60% of those young people that are totally non-Christian. And Riley's bringing them along because he wants them to grow in faith. He wants them to encounter Jesus. He wants them to know the Lord. They're all his friends. Eight people. My daughter's part of that. I'm so thankful. And Riley is the most humble guy you could meet. But he's an incredible man of God because he's been faithful with the little that he has and he's doing great and mighty things. You can think of similar people. But we need to tell others. We need to build people up to their face and behind their back. We need to be gossiping good news about people. I haven't done this superbly. I haven't done it very well at all sometimes. 
But it's one of those things where it doesn't matter how much you do it, you can do it better. You can do it more. We should never get enough of telling good news stories about those around us, about God and his provision and all that he's done. And uh, I, want to, I want to encourage you guys. Again, I, I think we've come so far. And I want you to keep doing what you're doing. I want you to grow in unity. And so this message this morning is as much to me as it is to you. I'm not exempt from what God is saying. Let's be a people who are thankful for others and each other. And not, let's not be afraid or hesitant to tell each other. Let's, let's be spreading that good news. And I think in, in that, we have to acknowledge God's work as well. I think this is the key to the point that Paul is making. If we look at the passage that was read out, uh, it says in Colossians 3.17, And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The call is to do everything. And I looked at the Greek for everything, and it actually means everything. It's everything we do, everything we do, is to be done in the name of the Lord Jesus. And while, while we're doing that, we should be thankful that we're doing it for him. We should be seeking his guidance and direction. And, and Paul is seeing this lived out in Philemon. He sees that Phil is doing what he should be doing. And Paul sees that part of building one another up is acknowledging God's work in their lives. And that's what he calls them to do. He says here in verse 5, Because I hear of your love, Philemon's love, and of the faith that you have toward the Lord Jesus and all the same. Remember just back in verse 4 how Paul thanks God, remembered Philemon in his prayers. And why? Because he has heard of Philemon's ongoing love and faith. And that's a love and faith that is not only about his relationship with God, it's a love and a faith that is also amongst the saints. It's how Philemon relates to his fellow believers. And what Paul is saying is not words about how great Philemon is. That's not what this is about. They are words expressing how much Paul sees God active in Philemon's life. He sees how he loves the saints. He sees his growing faith. And he, the way Philemon lives makes that clearly evident. And it's like when Paul looks upon Philemon, he sees the joy of the Lord. Because Philemon delights in serving Jesus and in serving the saints. I think it's important that we build each other up as Paul does. That is encouraging others personally and privately. But it also goes beyond that. If we look at those first couple of verses of Philemon, which I didn't read out. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved fellow worker, and Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and the church in your house. This wasn't just a letter to Philemon. It was also addressed to those people and the church that meets in their house. Paul has declared not just to Philemon, but to the whole church, how he sees God working in Philemon's life. And again, this is the only gossip we should allow and encourage in the church. Sharing with others about how blessed we are because of some of the Christian brothers and sisters that we have serving amongst us. How we see God working in them and growing them in the faith. These are the things we should share in prayer meetings, in connect groups, when we gather after church, when we're speaking to our brothers and sisters in Christ. And when we do this, we build others up. And in the midst of that, God is honoured. 
And Paul wants the very best for Philemon. In fact, he desires him to prosper. But it's not prosperity as the world would know it. And this may not seem obvious, but when Paul reflects on Philemon and his faith, his prayer is that his faith may become effective. And I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. This verse, there's so much debate over this verse, I'm not going to get into those debates and the confusion regarding what Paul's talking about there. But what they all agree on is that this isn't really about evangelism. That's obviously part of Philemon's life, but this isn't really about evangelism. And what's most likely being said is about the shared faith that all Christians have. Uh, Paul has commended Philemon for not just believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, but he's acting on that belief and striving towards greater unity with his brothers and sisters in Christ. He wants to see the church to be that beautiful bride as God has called it to be and that's why he says that sharing of his faith may become active it's a call to strive together in promoting through knowledge of what of every good thing that's what it says every good thing and we may say yep that's natural understand it should happen but do we really really understand that Colossians says, for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, speaking about Jesus, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. The fullness of God dwells. This is how God reconciled all things to himself, through Jesus' willing sacrifice on the cross. And we have this in mind and go back to Philemon 1.6. Paul's call for Philemon and the church is to have the full knowledge of everything good. It's about all of them working together to actively discern God's will for their lives and to apply that will to their relationships with each other as well as the rest of humanity or their neighbours, if you prefer. In more simple terms, this is about cheering each other on, being thankful for each and every part of the body placed here at SDBC and for the individual giftings and roles that each and every one of us have been called to. Our desire should be to see others prosper. And not only our Christian brothers and sisters here at SDBC, we have to have a kingdom focus and pray for other Christian churches around us, that they will prosper, that God will work mightily in their leadership and congregations to bring more and more people into the kingdom. And with that in mind, there's times when people who have been with us are called to go to other churches. And I just ask that you don't just walk out the door and not come back. I ask you to come and talk to the leadership. Tell us why you're leaving so that we can pray for you, encourage you and bless you as you go. Because we're kingdom focused. We're not Baptist church focused. I might get cast out for that, but so be it. We're about building the church up wherever that be and wherever you're called to be. And we want to send you off with a blessing if that's you. We want to do that. We want to pray that God will use them in their new church community to bring glory to himself. And our desire should always be that our Christian brothers and sisters prosper in the work and mission of God, wherever they're called, whatever they're doing. I'm not talking out of turn when I say the Christian life can be discouraging at times. This is why God places us in community. And that is why he's designed 
for that community to be seeking the good of others. We need people to come alongside us, encourage us, not, not to puff us up and give us an ego boost, but to help and encourage us in the work of the Lord. It's about showing each other the way that God is being magnified in our lives, that we see how the Lord is using each other in his ministry and service. It isn't just people recognising God's hands in our lives and encouraging us. We need to be the people who actually do that for others as well. Let's be determined to build each other up in the faith with the words that we use. And my final suggestion is that we share our blessings. Paul and Philemon have spent quite some time in thanksgiving and expressing confidence in Philemon. And uh, in verse 7, he gives the reasons that he feels the way that he does. He says, For I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. Paul has been watching Philemon and he's heard many reports about him. He's a man who has shown great kindness to other believers. He's a man who is filled with compassion, generosity and encouragement. And it's because of these very characteristics in Philemon's life that Paul is about to confidently ask that Philemon graciously accept back his runaway slave once he must. He wants him to do that without punishment. And that's a story for another day, but that's, that's this context. Paul's encouragement comes as a result of the way that God has blessed Philemon's work and ministry. Philemon was not a selfish man. He loved others, and he loved them in such a way that their hearts were refreshed. Have you ever been amongst people like that? There's people here like that. I've got to tell you, when I've had tough days, and there's been, praise God, not many lately, but... Years ago, there were really tough days. There were certain people I looked for when I'm standing here as I am now and I'd look for their smile. That was an encouragement to me. And there's people who just do that for you because you know their relationship with God. You know how they are serving him. You know how when they're not here, they're praying for us as a church. It is such an encouragement. And I feel refreshed at those times. And because of all that Philemon is doing, Paul himself was greatly encouraged. And Philemon's service brings great joy to Paul, but also to the other saints. And I'm greatly encouraged when I see people serving God, serving the church, not for their own benefit or gain or recognition, but just because they can. Tony here. I love seeing Tony. Tony empties the rubbish in the offices for us. Who knew that? Yeah, there you go. I've got to tell you, he's such a blessing to me because he always has something to say when he comes into the office. Sometimes it's just flat-out cheek. But he's an encouragement to me because he's there every week doing this trivial little task, this trivial little role that is such a blessing to us in the office because otherwise I'd have to do it when it became too stinky. Tony makes sure that doesn't happen. We've got so many people around us who are doing things like that. I remember in a particularly tough ministry period, and I just want to encourage ministry leaders here, in a particularly tough ministry period for both Elena and I, we weren't sure if we were going to continue, uh, if I was going to continue as a pastor, and, and we were really wrestling and struggling with this. There were things that we did where people just wouldn't turn up to and certainly not the people that we thought should be there. 
and, and we really struggled. It was like, if God's anointing and call is upon us, why is this happening? And uh, I, I went away to the Baptist Convention and I was really pumped and excited. I thought, we're going to have these great international speakers. It's going to be an awesome time. I'm going to come away so charged up and excited and encouraged that no one will be able to stop me. They were the worst speakers we've ever had. I thought it was a total waste of time. I was so depressed. And uh, I went to an elective. And at this elective, this guy had a bag of one-cent pieces. And he gave us all one cent. Thanks, bro. But then he gave his message. He said, in ministry, you need to remember the ones. Be thankful for the ones. Transformed us. Changed our lives. And so we would call a prayer meeting and we'd get one person come along and we'd be like, yes, they are like-minded with us. We can pray with this person. We can raise our voices to the Lord. And I want to encourage you, we need to celebrate the ones. Yeah, these people that come alongside us, even if it's only one, praise God that you are not united with that person in that purpose and goal. And God will do great things. It's in his hands. And we need to be thankful for those who come alongside us and encourage us. And even though we want to heap more, we still celebrate those ones. The one that was there, the one that wanted to be there, they were passionate, they were engaged, their prayers were powerful, they were heartfelt. I felt we connected with the Lord. Great times. I want to encourage you. Let's be people who tell others how their life and walk has blessed us. And you know, there's people here you've never said that to, but you look upon them and go, there goes a Christian man, there goes a Christian woman. Why don't you tell them? You don't know how discouraged they've been this week. We need to thank those who challenge us and strengthen us in the faith. And we need to do that one-on-one. -on -one. We need to do that personally and privately. But we need to tell others. We need to say, you know what? This person's been a great blessing to me. There's times I've been down and just their smile, their words of encouragement, their small gifts, their quick text message has been such an incredible blessing to me. And these are the good news stories that I keep bumping my gums about. These are the things we should be talking about. And if we do, we'll build each other up in the faith will become more and more united. We will begin to love each other dearly. And we'll be blessed as a people as a result. Let me pray. Father God, I want to thank you for your goodness to us. I want to thank you for the love you pour out upon us so freely, so unconditionally. And Lord, I want to be like that. I ask for your forgiveness because I'm not. And I can make every excuse under the sun, but Lord, you call me to build others up in the faith. You call me to encourage the saints. You call me to be a part of that thing which you call the church, your gathered people. 
And Lord, my desire is that those who've heard this message this morning, those in the auditorium and those at home, will become a people who just desire to build each other up in the faith because they're doing what Colossians says. They're growing in faith with you and understanding and knowledge of your will and purpose and they see that your desire is that this church will be built up to become the beautiful bride of Christ. And so, Lord, I pray we won't forget what you said this morning. I pray that we will engage with that. And I pray even this morning that we will be those who speak to at least one person before we go and tell them what an encouragement they've been to us, how we have seen you working in their lives. And, Lord, I pray that we as a people will gossip good news stories about others, that we will say about those who've encouraged and strengthened us and built us up in the faith. So, Lord, for each of us, as we head into this week, let us be mindful of you. Let us submit our lives fully to you. Let us renew our minds and do that which is of you and not that which is of the world. Let your word be powerful to us as we read it. Let us engage with that and let us take you with us. May you go before us and may your face shine upon us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless one and all. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Thank you to those of you online as well. Great to have you with us. Anyone who wants prayer, please come down the front. We used to get a few people come forward for prayer each service. Um, We'd love to see that happening again. More than happy to encourage you if that's what's needed, but do that for each other, I pray. God bless.